Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are Exodus chapters 1 through 3. Introduction to the book. The author. Moses is the author of the first five books of the Bible, known in Hebrew as the Torah and in Greek as the Pentateuch. Confirmation of his authorship may be found in Exodus 17.14, Exodus 24.4, Exodus 34.27, Mark 7.10, and Mark 12.26. Titles of this book. The Hebrew name for this book is Shemot, which means these are the names. The English title comes from the Greek Exodus, which means to exit or depart. Interesting fact, the original Hebrew names of these books are generally just the first few words of the first sentence. Major events in this book. While this entire book is a treasure and it is vital that we read the word in context, the major events that are recorded in this book are the oppression of Israel by a new pharaoh after Joseph's death, the deliverance of his people by Yahweh, and the giving of Yahweh's commandments. We will also see the first dwelling place of Yahweh built, according to his specifications. In doing that, as in all other aspects of the Bible, we will see that details are important to Yahweh. Now, many miracles take place in this book, things that can only be brought about by the hand of our God, and events that still affect us to this very day. The information we are about to receive is not only relevant to believers today, but contains integral lessons and wisdom that we must heed in order for Yahweh to count us among His followers. In this book, the Father gives His guidelines for how we are to worship Him, how we are to live, ethics and morality as defined by Him, and how we are to relate to and treat one another. And so begins my rabbit trails. Today we enter the book of Exodus. Whereas Genesis was the book of beginnings of all things, Exodus sees many more beginnings for God's chosen people. We will also see the nation of Israel multiply rapidly, mature as followers of Yahweh, and many amazing miracles will take place. We open this book with the people of Israel increasing greatly. The Bible mentions this more than once, and this is to let us know that this increase in their numbers was of divine origin, something that could not have been possible had Yahweh not had his hand upon them. In fact, in Exodus 1-7, the word that was translated to increased greatly or increased abundantly is the same word the Father used in the first chapter of Genesis when he inhabited the land, and it better translates to swarm evoking the sense of a creature becoming so abundant as to overwhelm with its presence. Click here to check out that verse on Bible Hub and see what I'm talking about. We see that the new Pharaoh and the other Egyptians felt threatened by the population increase of the Israelites, as people in power have a tendency to do when those they abuse begin to increase beyond them in number. 
Even without numbers right now, we can see that this population has a feel of being able to overthrow the pharaoh's power and install their own king in his place. And so pharaoh set out to oppress them by making them slaves to the Egyptians. The more they increased, the heavier the burden he put upon them. When even that did not seem to phase their expansion, he called in two midwives. Exodus 1.15 brings in Shifra and Pua. These are the only two midwives mentioned by name, but I believe it would be an error to assume that these are the only midwives. Rather, these two are singled out, and we are told of them because of the actions they took. Now, most assume that Shifra and Pua are Hebrews, but some say that the translation to the Hebrew midwives should read the midwives to the Hebrews. Now, this is an interesting rabbit trail, and we can't know the answer for sure, but it is worth noting that they could be either Hebrew or Egyptian. Either way, when commanded to kill the sons, they immediately defied this order by telling a lie to the Pharaoh. In doing this, they saved many innocent lives and managed to avoid the sin of murder. We are told they did this solely because they feared Yahweh, and as a result, Yahweh honored this by giving them families. Something important to note in today's reading, Moses was from the tribe of Levi. Now, Levi is not pronounced like the genes today. Instead, it is Levi. So add this tidbit to your back pocket. Moses' name was actually pronounced Moshe, just in case you were curious. Pronunciation isn't that important to us, but I do enjoy knowing these things. Knowing Moses was from the tribe of Levi will help put some puzzle pieces together in terms of the event of his life later on. Exodus 2.3. The Hebrew word used for, bas- for the basket that Moses was put in is the same word used for the ark that Yahweh had Noah built. Note that this word was only used in these two instances in the Bible. The ark of the covenant uses an entirely different word. Practice your Bible hub skills to look up Exodus 2.3 and see this. Make sure you take all the steps to get to the root of the word. If you need a refresher course on how to use Bible Hub to dig into words, check out the post I'm including further down in today's notes on the name of Yahweh for a great refresher. Moses knew his family. Now, with his mother as his wet nurse, the Bible tells us that he lived with them and didn't return to the princess until he was weaned. This was likely at least three years of age, But closer to five years old or even seven is more realistic when it comes to tribal societies. The reluctance of Moses. It is a pattern of Yahweh that he chooses those who are reluctant to represent him. Think through so many of the figures you know about the Bible and keep this in mind as we move forward with our reading. Yahweh chooses the ones who don't feel qualified and really don't want to be chosen. He does not choose the grandstanders, the ones out there with an agenda of fame and success in the name of religion. In fact, history tells us that the people Yahweh chooses are often not even respected by their friends, family, and community as a result of their calling. He chooses people who do not consider themselves to be worthy, as these are the people who have a full understanding that they cannot carry out this purpose alone, and the glory, therefore, goes to Yahweh rather than to man. Exodus 3.15 In today's readings, we have God revealing His personal name to us. This is enough to take any believer's breath away. Unfortunately, most people have never read His personal name, 
because translations have replaced it with various things, most commonly all caps, the Lord. I struggle with this because Yahweh revealed it to us. He had Moses write it down on record and man willfully removed something that Yahweh had intended us to know. For your information, his personal name originally appeared approximately 7,000 times in the Bible. Now, this is part of why I read several translations and even then go back and forth between the interlinear. The Holy Bible, all of it, is the Word of God. But translations, all of them, are man's work and therefore subject to being imperfect in various ways. Now, I want to add an encouraging reminder. We don't argue over which translation is best here. We use whatever translation we have the easiest time reading and go from there. It is my firm policy that the best Bible translation is the one you're going to read. To learn how to find his name, how it's been changed, and where to find out how your Bible treats this, click here to read my paper on that. Note that the above link is also the refresher course I mentioned earlier on how to look up original words and meanings using Bible Hub. Another note about the name of our God. Today, we have the Islamic faith growing by leaps and bounds in many of the emergent Christian churches, as well as some Islamic leadership, have attempted to say that we all worship the same God. Now, we're not going to discuss other religions here or church doctrine. We have enough to do with keeping our nose in the Word. However, I do want to be clear that Yahweh is not Allah. But if you call them both the same name, which is God, it can seem to be so to those who may not understand this. This is just another reason why it's important to know the Father's personal name. It will most assuredly be an important identifier at some point. For that matter, teach it to your children and grandchildren as well. I challenge you today to visit the post above, learn about his name, and then check out how your Bible has translated it using the information provided in that post. Then, dive into Exodus and watch it be revealed to Moses. I am so grateful to you for being here. It is an honor to read through the Bible with each of you. Exciting things are taking place in the Word, and we get to relive them. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 And may Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.